Dearest creature in creation, studying English pronunciation, I will teach you in my verse. Sounds like corpse, corpse, horse, and worse. I will keep you, Susie, busy. Make your head with heat grow dizzy. Tear in your eye, your dress will tear. Queer, fair seer, hear my prayer. Pray, console your loving poet. Make my coat look new, dear, sew it. Just compare heart, hear, and heard. Dies and diet, lord and word. Sword and sword, retain in Britain. Mind the latter, how it's written. Made has not the sound of bade. Say said, pay paid. Laid, but plaid. Now I surely will not plague you with such words as vague and ague, but be careful how you speak. Say gush, bush, stake, streak, break, bleak. All right, all right, here we are yet again with another episode of English and Coffee. It's your wonderful host, Demion, and what you just heard was a little excerpt from a poem called The Chaos. It's dated back to 1922. It's a classic poem that's supposed to contain 800 of the worst irregularities in the English language. Um, a lot of the things that you heard in there sounded one way, but were spelled another way, which is something that you often encounter in English. But today will not be all about that. I just wanted to give you a little something to get your brains working. Today we're going to talk about how to turn obstacles into opportunities namely when it comes to learning an English language, but you could also apply this to other areas of your life. So let's go ahead and take a sip of this uh, creme brulee and hopefully you're sipping on something that's equally as enjoyable. Mine's cooled down quite a bit just because I've been sipping on it for a while, but let's get started. So how to turn obstacles into opportunities when learning a language. I know for me personally, when I started learning Russian, one of the biggest things, I've mentioned something like this before, but one of the biggest things that was a challenge for me was the grammar. They don't learn grammar like we do in English. You know, in English, you get it in context, you pick it up in stories, different sentence structures. And uh, when studying Russian grammar, there are tables and charts and it's just organized a different way same information but just structured a different way for me that proved to be a challenge because i just don't study grammar through charts i'm not going to look at a hundred different ways to break down something and make sense of it i need it in context coming to me not spoon fed but just naturally so this was an obstacle and for a lot of people when they get to the Russian grammar structure, it stops them in their tracks. They say, oh, Russian's too hard. Forget this. I'm going to something easier, right? But for me, being that I had a great desire, high level of motivation to learn the language, I said, I'm going to find another way. So I had to find a way that worked for me. I decided to learn it like a baby. I said, I'm not going to study these Russian charts, you know, about this grammar structure anymore until I have a basic understanding of how the grammar works. So I increased the amount of Russian that I listened to. You know, videos I watched, bloggers on TV or bloggers on YouTube, you know, vlogs, as you may call them. I started just absorbing the content naturally. Because when you think about it, when you're born as a baby, if you were born in Africa, you'd be speaking African or 
Swahili or whatever kind of language they have over there. If you were born in France, you'd probably be speaking French. No problem. Born in China, you'd be speaking Chinese. No issue. Born in America, you're speaking English, right? Naturally. So you're a baby. Now, your first words, you didn't read a book. You just absorbed it. Your mom, your dad kept saying mama, papa, or whatever they said to you. And then you repeated it. You just started to repeat things that you heard. You would see the associations between somebody say, oh, I'm going to get a glass of water. You want some water? You know, they keep giving you the water. Say, hey, you want some water? Water? That's how you learn these things. You weren't saying anything, but you were absorbing the information. So what's the reason you can't do that as an adult? Learn it naturally. Maybe you take a few steps back, learn it like a baby. That's what I did to learn the basic structure of Russian grammar. And as I had a good concept on it, then I went back to the charts and I was able to understand them a little better because most of it I'd already naturally absorbed. So in, re in relation to English, there may be moments, different parts of speech, patterns you don't understand that can seem like obstacles. You say, well, when should I say could and when should I say should? Tried or try or another one that uh, confuses a lot of people is how we use the word get. You know, did you get it done? Did you get there okay? Yeah, I got there all right. Has she already left? Yeah, she's gone. Right? So we use this word in many different aspects. But to somebody studying the English language, it might be like, well, why don't you just use this other word or why don't you just use this word? Well, that's just how we do it. So if this is an obstacle for you, one of the things you're going to have to do is say, well, what's the best way that I could grasp this concept? That this one word could be used many different ways. You're going to have to do what works for you. You're going to have to see it as an opportunity because what this is going to do is force you to think outside of the box. Everybody else may just want to sit there and read text, read text, book after book after book, right? Line after line doing all these grammar exercises. And then somebody else is just going to sit there and watch film. And then they're going to see the guy goes, did you get it done? Yeah, I got it done. All right, cool, 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 cool. Or when, when did the package come in? I got it yesterday. They're going to take it from that. Makes perfect sense to them. So it kind of encourages you to think outside of the box versus sitting there trying to use brute force to get the concept. There are many obstacles that you're going to face when learning a language. Uh, the thing is, you're going to have to think outside of the box, like I just said. Now, think outside of the box, that's another idiom. That may be something I'll include in espresso, maybe not. But that is another idiom, and I've already used it several times here, so let's think of another one. But speaking, when people think about speaking English, so they're studying it, they're doing all the grammar exercises, maybe they're getting A's if they have a teacher, you know, they can recite this poem, recite that poem, but when it comes to speaking, they clam up, they forget everything. There's a reason. There's a reason they forgot everything. Because that's not how you learn to speak language. You don't sit there and read how to speak. You speak, right? Listen to babies. Listen to toddlers as they fumble over words. You know, they may not even pronounce things right. And sometimes, if it's not corrected early enough, it carries on through their adult life. And then sometimes, some of the mistakes that they were making with the pronunciation or just the structures, it's not even that big of a deal, so nobody says anything about it. Nobody cares. They just go on and progress, but everything's kind of built on that. So unless you're trying to be, 
you know, the greatest speaker in the world um, and you just want to have a functional working level of English, then, I mean, you, you see what areas you could just sidestep and not really just get stuck in the weeds. Let's take a break here and then we'll go to another aspect of overcoming obstacles. Have you ever yet endeavored to pronounce revered and severed? Demon, lemon, ghoul, foul, soul. <laughs> Another obstacle a lot of people face in their journey, you know, when they're studying English, is the mental game. As with anything we do in this world, there is a mental component to it. Even a boxer in the ring, you may think he's throwing jabs and hooks, but the battle's already won, you know, in his mind. The majority of the fight was already won before the person even stepped in the ring. It's the mental game. Are they mentally strong? Are they going to be able to deal with the pressure of the crowd? Are they going to be able to deal with the, the pain of the hits and at the same time remember their strategy? Or they get hit one time in the face and they just forget everything. So you want to be mentally strong when you're taking on an obstacle, especially in English. You know, you can't sit there and, you know, get hit with a new word or a new phrase or a new structure and just collapse. You have to be mentally strong to understand that this is part of the process. There will be a challenge. There will be some pushback. As with anything you do for the first time or first hundred times, you're going to have some slips. I'm not going to say failures. Failures only when you give up. When you start something, it gets difficult and you stop and you never pick it back up. You just say, that's it. You leave it. You abandon the idea. That would be failure. But if you fall, get back up, fall, get back up, walk, get knocked down, hit with a lead pipe, and get back up, that's progress. Because you're going through the paces. These are the things that we have to go through to get stronger, to become mentally tougher. This is something you're going to need in English, especially if you're in front of your friends speaking, and maybe your pronunciation just isn't the best, you know? Maybe you're mixing up your T's with your R's or your N's with your L's or whatever language background you're coming from. But when people start to laugh and sneer and say, hey, that's not how you say it, you say it like this. If you shut down, that's the mental game. You're, you're, you're shutting down. You're not mentally strong enough to deal with the criticism. But here's the thing. Anything you're doing well in life, even when you're doing something bad in life, there will always be critics. You can look on the news. Look at popular music. People that are doing well with their career. Maybe Adele. You remember that song, Rolling in the Deep? What did everybody say? Great music, but everybody was talking about her weight. How big she was, right? Had nothing to do with the song. But they're talking about how big she was. And what did that do? Send her into a whole weight loss campaign, right? Maybe she was pleasantly plump. Maybe she was happy with her size. But the criticism, the critics, got to her. Therefore, she lost weight. Now, it's not necessarily a bad thing that she lost weight, but I guarantee you that was a catalyst because for however many years before she got to that point, she was fine with her weight. But the moment she's in the public eye, singing, you know, selling millions of records, now people are talking about her weight. You know, she gets a nose job. Some people suspect that she's had a nose job. Changed her whole look, her whole appearance, and all these things like this due to not being able to deal with the pressure of other people. Now, it would be interesting to see somebody, you know, rise to stardom and maintain their same, you know, outlook on life, their same appearance. 
Look at how uh, Lady Gaga, how she's gone through so many different transformations. Now, would she be doing all these changes if it wasn't for the public? Probably not. She'd just be happy in her own skin, doing her own thing. Yes, she still maintains her creativity, does great music, but a lot of that's being controlled by, you know, the media. But these are the pressures that will happen as you reach new levels of success. When you're at the bottom, the base level, nobody says anything. Nobody cares because you're insignificant in the bigger picture. But the moment you start making a little noise, maybe you're ordering your food in English, maybe you're starting to work in English, you're getting a promotion due to your English, people are going to start to judge you. They're going to start to chastise and criticize the things that you do just because they can't do it or they're envious. You know, jealousy. That's one of the things that appear. You know, if you get you a nice uh, American boyfriend or an American girlfriend, and all your friends are sitting here saying, oh, well, what makes you think you're so smart? And what makes you think you're so cool? So now that they can't attack you on the English, they'll look for something else. Well, I still make more money than you. What does that have to do with anything? So that's just showing their insecurities right there. So adversity, that's another thing you'll have to overcome in your journey to overcome an obstacle. So I just wanted to give you guys a little short sip, you know, with your caffeine, a little dose of English. Let this soak in a little bit, but um, sign up to the newsletter. Um, it's on the site. You go into the about section. You'll see a section down there where it says uh, click sign up for the newsletter. In there, there will be a few little perks and you'll get some more correspondence from me. But I will see you on the next one and I'll do a more official, you know, conversation about the newsletter in the upcoming weeks. But I'll talk to you in the next one. Be safe. Later. Blood and flood are not like food, nor is mold like should and would.